As you remain standing in body or spirit, I'd invite you to join me in what was not only a confession of faith of uh, the people of God, but a prayer of uh, commitment to listen to God's word. Uh, Will you follow me in Hebrew and the Shema? Then we'll join together in English. Shema Israel. Adonai Eloheinu. Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, The scripture this morning, as we begin a a fall emphasis on how we uh, engage uh, those nearest us and those in the church, those in our neighborhood and those across the community, comes from the book of Acts. The setting is, of course, Jesus has risen from the dead, but is not yet ascended. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait here until my father which you will send the Holy Spirit, which you've heard me speak about, for he has baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you going at this time to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the places that the father is set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. Pam and I, a couple weeks ago, were in Prince Edward Island, which uh, is famous not only for its uh, uh, beaches and for temperatures that are under 100 degrees in the summer, but is also the home of the literary character Anne of Green Gables. And so we sort of had an Anne of Green Gables day, and we went out to the house upon which apparently Anne's house and literature was modified, and we saw where the author of Anne of Green Gables had, had grown up. And then that evening, we went back to the capital, Charlottetown, and uh, we went to a musical uh, about Anne and Gilbert. The day before we had bought the tickets, we walked into a small theater and we asked if there were tickets for the next evening. They said, oh yeah, lots of good tickets. In fact, we even had seats on the stage. <laughs> and I looked and I said, no, thank you. I mean, I was afraid, you know, what if I like got the actor's way? And secondly, and even worse, what if they asked me to sing? You know, I think something like that fear must have taken hold of the disciples because Jesus had risen from the dead. They assumed Jesus was now going to just wave his wand and, and fix everything and drive out the Romans. And so they said, at this time, will you restore the kingdom of Israel? And all of a sudden his response to them is, you're going to be on the stage. You are the actors here. Wait here. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. You probably remember uh, the famous saying of uh, Teresa of Avila, who said that 
in reality, Christ has no body but yours. And so in World War II, you may have also heard this story. There was a French village that had a statue of Jesus. And of course, in the, in the destruction around World War II, uh, that um, statue was badly damaged. And they found every part of the statue of Jesus, but Jesus's hands. And so some enterprising theologian from the village instead made a sign that went around where Jesus' hands would go and wrote this, Christ has no hands but yours. Now, I believe that Christ can work outside of our hands, but I believe that the lesson this morning is that Christ wants mainly to work through our hands and through our feet and through our ears and and through our mouths as well. And I believe he gives them a plan on how it's to be done. He says, you need to wait here. But then he said, when the power comes on you, you will go and be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Now, scholars will tell you, if you look at the book of Acts, that's actually the outline. It starts in Jerusalem, then they go to Judea, which is close by, of course. Then they go to Samaria, and then they end up in Rome at the ends of the earth. But I think it's not only an outline of the geography of the book, but I think it's just a very simple thing. Jesus is saying, I'm just not going to like broadcast from here. I'm not going to send a blowtorch from here and see how many lives I can touch. I'm going to give each of you a match. And wherever you go, I want you to set the world on fire to me, for me. Basically, he was telling them, you're going to have to do this in person. You're going to have to be present to do this. And, uh, and you're going to be present in these places. You know, I think sometimes we underrate our presence. Something happens to someone we love and we don't have the right words or, or we don't know the right thing uh, to do in a given situation. But I've tried to coach people that 90% of the time showing up is the most significant thing. When we go to Burundi in Africa every year and, and we each give talks, the lay people who aren't used to opening their mouth as much as the pastor is get nervous about it. And I remind them, now 90% of this is just you go and loving them and being present with them. And so when you open your mouth, believe me, they will want to hear whatever you have to say. And so the same way, if we're gonna take the love of Jesus, we can't send it. We have to bring it. We have to be present. Now, now just being somewhere is not necessarily present. I, I've learned that in my marriage a, a few days ago. My wife was explaining something to me at the, at the kitchen table, and I didn't seem to be grasping it, mainly because I wasn't tuned in. And so she finally stopped and looked at me and said, are you here? Well, I was here, but I wasn't. To be present is not only to be with someone, but to actually be engaged with them. And so this fall in our, our sermon series and in our teachings and videos and, and signups and all the things we've got going over the next uh, uh, eight or nine weeks, uh, the emphasis is that we want to talk about how will we show up first in our, in our church? How do we show up with each other? How are we going to engage each other? How are we going to engage the neighborhoods in which we live, the, in the workplaces where we uh, work or the places we frequent shopping? How are we going to engage there? And then finally, how we, will we engage the larger community, first of San Antonio and then the world? But it starts by being present and engaged where we already are. And so here's my hint this morning, just two things uh, as we get going. I think in order to be present to other people on behalf of God, you first have to be present to God. 
In other words, Jesus said, wait here until the spirit comes on you. Until you're in touch with God, it is hard for you then to bring God's love to others. So my first bit of encouragement is learn to see God where you are in your life right now. Not where you experience God at another time and place or where you hope God will be, but look for God in the present moment. There's a rabbinic uh, teaching that goes something like this. The reason Moses saw the burning bush is that he bothered to stare at it long enough to see the miracle. Sometimes, you know, I have to look and be patient to see God in a situation or see God in another person. Um, And so it starts by being present to God. And that starts by recognizing that God is not somewhere else. God is wherever you are. And so recognizing God in there. One of the interesting names for God in, in, uh, among the, uh, the people of God, the Jews, was they called God the place. They called God the place. It was their way of saying wherever they were, they knew God was there. So first, I would encourage you to wherever you find yourself, at home or at a game or, or uh, in, in the neighborhood doing something, First, open your eyes and look for how God may be present in that situation and in that person. And then the other bit of advice is, is simply this. I think sometimes it feels like a lot to, believe, to realize that you're the hands and feet of Christ. It seems almost too much for any of us. And Fred Craddock uses the analogy, a lot of times people in the church are like a person that the, uh, is the first car in a line of cars and the stop and the stoplight now is turned green and they haven't gone yet. I know that never frustrates any of you here in San Antonio, but he says, sometimes we're like that and we won't put our foot on the gas because we think, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I'm not good enough. They'll expect me to be perfect. And we'll have some long litany of reasons why we can't be that witness. And in reality, I think Jesus covers all that and says, I don't know what your reason or excuse is, but know that I'm greater than that. And that's why I said the Holy Spirit's gonna come upon you and give you power. Wherever you find yourself, whatever comfortable situation or uncomfortable situation, You are not alone. God is not only there in that situation, but God is within you. Uh, Jesus knows that we can be successful as Jesus' hands and feet because in in actuality, it's not us. It's Jesus working through us. Whenever you do something for somebody else or with somebody else, it's not just you. Jesus is continuing the work he began in the gospels. He's continuing through you, through your hands, through your feet, through your mouth and through your ears. One of the interesting uh, that's happening in scholarship today is a lot of people believe the great commission has been a little bit mistranslated. It's, we translate it normally, go into all the world and teach. But, and that's, that's not incorrect. But others believe that a more accurate reading of Greek is this because of the verb form. As you go into the world, make disciples. You see, you don't have to go to India or Africa or even another part of town. All Jesus is saying is like, as you get your daily life, look for God and bring God wherever you go and what you will find, I believe, is just as Moses at the burning bush is, if you look for God in a situation, 
you will find God and you will find the miracle. And the miracle won't be just for you. It will be for others. And you both experience God. One of my favorite stories uh, is a a story that the rabbis told, but not in Jesus' day. This is just uh, uh, several centuries ago. But I love the point that it makes. The story is about a poor rabbi. His name is Isaac. He lives in Poland in Krakow. And all of a sudden, for several nights in a row, God gives him a dream, or at least he has a dream. He thinks it's from God, that if he will go to the capital city of Warsaw and dig under a particular bridge, he will find buried treasure. So he has this dream so many nights in a row, he decides to do it. And so there he is, uh, um, he makes the journey and in daylight, he's starting to dig under this bridge and the policeman stops him. They say, what are you doing? And he said, well, look, I've been having this dream several nights in a row that if I go and dig under this bridge, there will be treasure. And the man looked at him and said, you stupid man, said the policeman. Don't you know that for the last week, every night I have had a dream that in a town called Krakow, there is a poor rabbi named Isaac and under his bed in the floor is buried treasure. You don't see me going to his house, digging up his floor. You're right, sir, said Isaac. Thank you very much. Left. Of course, he went home and there under the bed was a great treasure. When you and I embark to find God, if we will look for God in the place where we already are, we may be surprised at the treasure we uncover.